All right, so this is the About Violence podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about one of the most dangerous things that could exist on the face of this planet. That is a broken, fractured young man. That is a young man that has lost his purpose. That is a young man that no longer understands what it means to be a man. And uh, if we look at the history of the past few years, some of the catastrophic loss of life that has been caused. It has been caused by broken young men. So with mm. us today is mm. uh, co-host, Travis Joyner, father. Yes, father of two. Father of three, but two boys, since we're talking about boys. Yeah. Um, mm. And uh, we're, 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 we will talk about fathers in general, both of young men and young women, but, but we're going to be talking about fractured young men a lot today. Mm. And uh, sitting across from us, is yes, Matt Boudreaux, yes, partner oh, with man. me in Apogee Strong. Mm -hmm. And uh, so tell us what Apogee Strong is. So Apogee Strong is a, no, is the mentorship program for young men. So the basics are we are taking young men and showing them how to be good men as being led by good men. That's right. So we've got a 12 month virtual program, virtual and in person, where we're bringing in the best of the best of the best to mentor these young men, but they are taking on projects, they're taking on challenges, they're taking on readings and workouts, all designed to lay out a roadmap of what it looks like to be a character driven, purpose driven young hero in today's society. Nice. Who we, um, professional fighter, black belt, law enforcement, defensive tactics instructor, um, you you kind of have your fingers in, in some pretty heavy masculine things. Yeah. And not that any of those things are exclusive to just men, but um, I, I, I reference you often talking about the balance of somebody that is in a position of authority that has the ability to do, I mean, you're one of the most talented men I have ever seen do any form of violence. You're dangerous on your feet, you're dangerous on the ground. You're dangerous with every weapon that has anyone has ever put in your hand. You train diligently with them. You're faithful in the small things. You're disciplined about being a martial artist, as being a fighter, as being a law enforcement officer. And the byproduct of that is you are one of the people that I that I always hold as a litmus test to what does it look like to be a man in authority with power, a positional power, but also um, individual power because you carry yeah. with you this authority that is uh, that is a really cool thing. And in 2022, where we don't even know what a man is, we can barely define what a woman is, but we surely cannot, this society, not we, but this generation is having the hardest time understanding what does masculinity look like. Right. So you as a father, you as a law enforcement trainer, you as a police officer, you as a fighter, you as a martial artist, how do you balance? I mean, because you you could do violence. Yeah, absolutely. Where's restraint and why do you restrain? And why do you choose to um, use one method over another and be, I, I think, a pretty intellectual savage as well? Like you can talk anybody off a cliff just as quickly as you could choke them unconscious. Yeah. And you're... That, that comes from confidence, um, you know, and confidence is built through like doing these things and training on a frequent basis, mm -hmm. training with, you know, people like you that that push me, that I've put myself in bad situations, that I'm confident that if my words aren't working, that if I can't, um, you know, deescalate this situation, that I have the physical capability to use that. That allows me more, 
I can wait longer sometimes. I can, I can put myself out there a little bit more because I have the confidence of knowing, okay, if things do go bad here, then I've, I've put in the time, I've put in the effort, I've put in the work to making sure that I can handle this situation the safest way for me, the safest way for that person, and the safest way for everyone else involved. Yeah. Mm. Keeping emotions in check. Yeah, and right? that, that's another have... big part. And we talk about young men, right? Young men, sometimes you have a little bit of a... You know, that ego, you have a little bit of wanting to test yeah, yourself against other ego. people, yeah. and yeah, that, sir. that leads to a lot of violence, right? The, the you know, um, interspecies, yeah. male-on-male violent tendencies that I don't feel threatened, I, or I don't feel like I need to address that with someone. If you're trying to challenge me as a male or as a, a figure, as whatever I am, like, I don't take that person. That's it's, right. It's just... That's exactly It that. is what it is, and, and I can... It, that's exactly brush that off. We talk about that with the with the young men, and, and some of the young men will say, "Okay, God, I had this guy, you know, challenging me at school, and he's getting and it just got me so fired up. Like, how do I keep it? Yeah. Okay, well, look, let's let's put a different scenario out there. Let's say it was my my six year old, right? And he and he comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, you know, you're a poopy pants, <laughs> right? What are you gonna? <laughs> you're you're okay. gonna laugh it. You're off. gonna laugh it off. You don't yeah. care because it's a six year old, right. right? Well, like you said, once you have developed that skill set where you've got that inherent confidence that only comes from actually developing a skill set, well, then everybody is just a six year old calling you poop pants. It's not that big. Now you're going to pay attention, yeah. but you're not going to let the Fine. ego get in the way. Right. Yeah. Right. And you're going to, you're going to be able to make better decisions because of that, because you actually have the confidence. Absolutely. Let's back up a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. So you and I connected, yep. um, when, you know, my, my heart, I was actually just at my computer computer a couple of minutes ago and I was looking at photos of my first time in the Middle East and in, in, in um, you know, Western Central Asia, mm. you know, Afghanistan and um, looking at those little kids, those little girls trying to walk to school, mm. you know, and those seeds were planted early in my heart and those ski- seeds have been growing for a really long time about how do I have a positive effect into the current trajectory and course of this country. Mm. And th- that's where you and I linked up for the yeah. first time, which is when I was launching our physical location of our school. Right. And that was concurrently along the same lines as you have had one of, if not the largest Socratic school mm-hmm. in the world, yep. definitely in the United States. Yep. And, um, but your, your heart had been drawn or driven towards wanting to have, um, a meaningful impact on young men's lives. Yes. Which led us to yeah. Apogee, both my school and Apogee. Yes, sir. Our initiative right. of helping young men. Right. Yeah, it, it's been a game that I've been playing for for a long time. Um, you know, I remember being, it started at Stanford, actually, and, and watching some of these young men coming through and, and watching the brokenness of these teenagers. And I wasn't that much older than these guys, yeah. right? But luckily, I'd had some harder experiences. I had put myself through college. I had, um, you know, gotten in the ring a little bit. I'd had, some, I'd had some hard things. So I had a little bit more of a confident nature. And these guys were coming in, and they were broken. They all could do their you know, biochem or whatever, but I mean, I'm going, geez, okay, what, what is the, what is the deal? I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure it out early on. So I became a public school teacher because I'm going, okay, well, I'm going to get to the root of the problem. And then as a public school teacher and I'm teaching in the gang, teaching in Stockton, you know, in the in Diazville. And, uh, I got these young, you know, these young men who's like, if their parents are coming to any conferences at all, they got the 209 tatted across their neck. They're coming with a parole officer, but they're being told as soon as they go home, they need to sell drugs. They need to and I'm trying to help educate them in a way that's going to move them out of this. And I'm consistently being told, no, they need algebra. And I'm like, no, 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 they don't need algebra. 
they need leadership. Yeah, they need right? character. They need character. They need values poured into them. Like that's what I'm going to do here. So I was consistently, you know, kind of the creatively insubordinate guy, and so that really kicked off this journey of okay, well, how do I, how do I fix? I don't know if I can fix this, but how do I create something better for all kids in general? But man, my heart for these young men who, you know, the guys I'm seeing at Stanford are coming out of these multi-million dollar families and they're broken. These young men in Stockton are coming out of these gangland families and they're broken. Yeah. And the commonality is there's no confidence for either of them, no leadership for either of them. So there's no nuclear family. That's right. There, there, there's no male masculine father right. figure in these broken men's lives. Even if there is a male at home, right. does not mean that they have a man Correct. that is driving this train, that is leading by example, that is showing what character looks like, mm. that is never touching their wife or you know any of the other brothers or sisters right. with a harsh hand. You know, like Everything is out of this position of love and servitude to try and be the best provider and protector mm. that I can to mm. my family. And that's missing now. That has been attacked for decades. You know, it has been systematically broken down of what it, what does a healthy family look like? Mm -hmm. And not disparaging families that don't have a father figure in sure. there. You you don't have to do this by yourself. Sure. You know, don't the ones where there's not a mom in the house, where there is like everybody has lots of different situations, but how do I build the best home that is strong for building a young man? And, and I think having a masculine core of that is so important. It's wildly important. And we, you're right. So there's obviously fatherlessness is an issue. That's nobody's, you know, saying otherwise. We know that there are the fatherless homes, but we have far too many male, uh, males at home who yeah. are perpetual boys who are not leading by yeah. example, first and foremost. So they're not giving, you know, they're not giving the example. And we talked about this earlier, your kids are going to do what you do before they do what you say. Mm. And so if you are not leading by example, being that servant, that leader, that husband to the wife, that, you know, it, it's going to go sideways from there. Yeah. And, and we've seen it yeah. now. Now, yep. when you say it's going to go sideways from there, here we are in 2022. Yeah. And in the past 20 years, you know, going all the way back to, uh, the first school, school, big school shooting. Yeah, Columbine. Columbine. Yep. To um, Parkland. To um, you know, California times three. Yep. To you know, regardless of the state's gun laws, you still see the same thing. Most recently here in Uvalde, yep. our very first yeah. podcast that we did, Chantry, uh, Travis, and I, we we covered in depth the Uvalde shooting. But a common strand among all of those young men is this broken, fractured psyche, yep. this broken, fractured soul, and this lack of masculinity, mm -hmm. whether it was a leader in their home or how they were shaped as young, I'm not going to even call them men, mm -hmm. these young, fractured boys, mm -hmm. that there was never the existence of the beautiful thing that is true masculinity. Mm -hmm. Yep. So how do we fix it's, this? Well, again, a big part of that is if they're in a home, that uh, they don't have that role model or they don't have someone, like you said, leading by example. As someone in the community, like, are you checking on your the other people in your extended family, your neighbors? Like, maybe even though it's not your job yeah. to be responsible for these other kids or boys, you know, expanding your circle and trying to take care of them as much as you can and be that positive example. As a second born... Um, as you both know, I'm yep. pretty stubborn and dumb. Yep. Um, I wouldn't learn. My dad could tell me every imaginable way about how to prevent me from doing something potentially catastrophic to myself. 
and I would still do it. Yeah. You know, I would find a way to do the dumbest thing I possibly could. Um, but the most influential men in my life ended up being coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Both athletic, yep. athletic coaches. I, I use coach as like this broad term, whether they're a mar- martial arts professor, yep. you know, or they're a proper wrestling coach or they're a boxing coach, a kickboxing coach, you know, um, a corner like Chuck Liddell. Could you imagine that I could ever say that Chuck Liddell was both a coach and a mentor, right. you know, and, and the damaging, terrible human that he was right. at portions and periods of his life, you know, but he still cared about me and cared yes. about me not making the same mistakes that he had made. And those, those people, Barry and... Um, you know, God, God bless his soul. My very first jujitsu instructor, both my current or both my original jujitsu instructors, both died yeah. in really traumatic ways about being amazing masculine men. Mm. One was stopping a home invader and he got killed with his own sword mm. that he was given when he was awarded his black belt. He was a California highway patrolman officer, Barry Smith. And uh, like that, that was my first jujitsu coach. You want to talk about having a mentor look at that he stood literally in the doorway to stop somebody from hurting his wife Mm. uh, and fighting somebody with a sword like this is like even metaphorical like literal yeah and Mm. so in in problem solving can it be a father yes can it be a coach yes can it be a pastor yes can it be a friend yes that's right can it be you or one of the many mentors that we have that's right there's a way to do it. You just have to do it. You just have to do it. And you're, you're exactly right. So ideally, is the, the father should be the first. I, ideally, yes, the father is that first layer, right? And the father is leading by example. He's not just coming in as the, here's what you need to do if he's not doing it himself, right? So that's the ideal. That's, that's the first part. But the mentors matter. So when we talk about the, you know, the, the inner voice that goes on, and we all have an inner voice that's playing in here, that starts out for those young men. It starts out as dad's inner voice and a little bit of mom's too, but it's, it's dad's inner voice. So always, I'm telling these dads like you you are building that but at some point the young man and when he starts getting that prepubescent years he starts looking for other people to add to that starts looking for other ways to facilitate a little bit more and that's going to be a little bit of the friends he is he's hanging around but he's going to look for other areas too of how do i continue to construct that and we've got to be very very intentional about good coaches good mentors good uncles good pastors good becoming part of that inner voice for them yeah. right and so that we have somebody consistently to look up to i would so do, do your kids speak chinese nope okay why not because they're not exposed yeah. to it right they're not right. it's not it's not rocket science so they're not exposed to it what are they exposed to that's going to become their baseline that's going to become their norm so when i'm looking at my young man he's exposed how i behave in all of these arenas so that's going to be part of building that inner voice and what is normal behavior he's looking at dad for normal behavior right. but i also can go okay cool by the way this is mr tim we're going to watch mr tim by the way we're going to watch you know i'm going to be intentional about who those mentors are mm. so that he can start to establish this is the baseline of normal and people you know this is where i hate the school argument of okay well you want to send them to this because they got to understand in a, in a traditional school that life doesn't always work out and they're going to be around people they don't like that's a that's a cop-out that's garbage you expose them to greatness you expose them to the exact things you want you make that the baseline normal so when they see something that's abnormal they want to stand up against it or they at least identify it for the bullshit that it is right right? You expose them to greatness. So be intentional about having great people in their life. And I mean, from, you know, as, as loving the Socratic method, mm-hmm. um, Socrates, how many mm-hmm. great minds did he create? Uh, I mean, countless. Countless, yep. right? Yep. And they, they were truly surrounded yep. by greatness. Yep. They, they, they're Died like, you know what? you're a piece of crap. You can be in here. Like you're an, you're an, 
intellectual lemming. Come on in. Let's right. let's have you join the party. No, right. they were selective about who is that that who was there. Yes. From the day that your child is born to finally when they leave home, you lose influence mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. The very first day, they 100% depend on you for everything. Right. You have to change them. You have to feed them. You provide for them the security, their blankets. They can't even regulate temperature in their own body. You have to do it for them. Yeah. You know, and then by three, like maybe they're coming to the kid's Sunday school for the first time. They're looking up at the Sunday school teacher and their friends are around for the first time and they're learning how to share for the first time. By five, they're in kindergarten. The kindergarten um, or guide or or teacher is having a little bit of influence. Then their friends are. And every single day, we just lose right. a little bit. Right. And by the time we get to like 13, 14, right? They're, they're, or 11 or 12, they're running into what does it look like to become a young person? Yes. We think, oh, this is our chance to get in here. No, man, you just had... 13 years of influence to show them what that baseline looks like for you to set the example for the template of what does it look like to be a man of character, a man of purpose, a man of work and a man of divine intention. Mm -hmm. And every moment that you've wasted, it's never too late. It's never too late to get into the game, but the earlier that you start and the harder that you work out, the more it's going to pay off later. Bingo. Because you develop those habits, right? That consistent behavior. It's like, it's compound interest, right? So it's the same, same, like it would be in in uh, in a financial realm, right? So we're forty three. How old are you? Thirty nine. Awesome. So you're thirty nine. We're forty three. So if we all started doing the whole proverbial hundred dollars a month, right? By the time we're sixty five, Tim and I are both forty three. So we're gonna have X amount of money, right? You're gonna end up having more money at sixty five because you started a little bit earlier. Same. My boy's six. If he starts now, my girl's yeah. nine or eleven, right? They start now. That's exponentially greater. And this is the exact same concept. It's the same concept. You start them early on those habits and it's an exponential difference by the time they are adults. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're right. It's never too late to start, but the earlier, the better. Right. I really, yeah, I really like what you're saying there too, as far as, you know, we, we, I think I try and be well-rounded in life and my skill set and things like that, but there are certain things I'm good at and certain things that I'm, you know, just not as good at or I haven't put that time investment in. So taking other people like, hey, this is someone you should look at for this skill. Yes. And this is someone you should look to for that. I think I think that's a really and that, thing. And that's the smart way to grab yeah. mentors too. It's not a haphazard sort of deal, right? It's it's you know, you're uh, kind of compart it's intentional, yeah. right? You're compartmentalizing. Somebody's gonna be my mentor in yeah. you know, somebody's gonna Something be my mentor that, in business, somebody might be my mentor in lifting and health and fitness, and somebody might be my mentor in, in jujitsu is different than the mentor in kickboxing, is different than the weapon. Like it's all different. You're looking for people who specialize in those things. Yeah. And being intentional about what your young man needs as well, it's also the same same way to go. Um, and from a tactical perspective too. Giving our young men responsibility is something that we don't talk about enough too, because they can handle responsibility and they can handle it early. They actually crave it, right? But we screw that up as parents a lot. And when I say we, I mean we. Like I have screwed this up plenty of freaking times, right? And um, and talk about mentors. I mean, my my 11 year old girl now. I mean, she mentored me at two or three, where she was just like, "Daddy, this is how you just handled this, and here's how I wish you had done it." <laughs> <laughs> done, done. Change yeah. course though, right? So. But that, that whole, uh, responsibility, you know, early and often we screwed up a lot of times because they'll come and be like, Hey, um, Hey, can I help you? Can I help you cook dinner? And we're like, ah, ah mm. because we're, ah, yeah. we're on a time crunch, you know? Sign so it's, something. yeah. So, ah, sh- yes, absolutely. You can help. Is yeah. it going to take 30 minutes longer? Yep. It might. Yeah. But 
that's okay, right? Like we, I'm gonna bring you in and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this responsibility. I'm gonna help show you how to do this. And they want, they're craving that. If we give them that responsibility early. They're getting those, um, you know, we talk a lot about dopamine. Andrew Huberman does a great job of breaking down the, the science of that, but that's part of what they're, they're, that's part of the adventure for them. They're getting a dopamine release because they're taking on, they're accomplishing something. Something that's they're, hard. Something that's hard. Yeah. They've never done it before and they're helping. They're helping somebody else. They're helping dad. They're helping mom. They're do. It's like, oh, I want this. And we shut this down, and we're like, no, go, go grab your, go grab your iPad. Go grab yeah. your iDad, right? Mm -hmm. Go grab your freaking, go grab this. Go grab your video game. Tying the shoes. You know, I, I um, watched a nine-year-old in here have his mom tie the shoes for him. Oh shit. Yeah. You know, um, tying the belt to to get on the jujitsu yeah i let the mom help a couple of times i want the mom to know how to do it too mm -hmm. i want the dad to know how to do it too mm -hmm. but by the third time i'm like eh -eh. yeah step away that's his that's his belt mm -hmm. it's his responsibility to know yes. how to tie it yes there's a significant reason the way that the, the reason that we tie it the way that we tie it and he knows it because mm -hmm. we taught it to him yep but he has to do it yes and tying the shoes like you have hamstrung you have neutered your child yep. by not empowering them with a little bit of responsibility to tie their shoe that's right yeah, I got it. It was a little bit inconvenient mm -hmm. for the first couple of weeks mm -hmm. because you had to wait. Took a little longer. Took a little Took bit a little longer, longer, you know, and he was a little frustrated and you didn't know how to deal with it, you know, so you just got down there and, and tied it for him, you know, and, and that has, that example, if you take a step back to the helicopter parents mm -hmm. to not strategically looking for the opportunity to give responsibility to this generation, we have... We've castrated them. Yes. Our young men yep. are castrated. Yep. And when I say there's nothing more dangerous than a pro broken, fractured boy, you know, if you go to, not that there's a lot of bad areas of Austin, but the most dangerous kid on the street is that 11, 12, 13 year old. Oh yeah. With his friend. Mm -hmm. I travel to some insert crazy, creepy place in Eastern mm -hmm. Europe. There is nobody more dangerous on the planet Absolutely. than those Eastern Europeans that are 11, 12, 13 years old in a group of three or four. I go down to South America. Three of them on a moped, scariest group on the planet. Mm. Who's going to kill me in, in Asia? It's going to be three yeah. of those 12-year-olds. So at what point do, did we start messing it up here in the United States where we have 11, 12, 13-year-old boys, boys mm -hmm. that should be young men mm -hmm. that we are not turning into real men of purpose? Yeah, right about World War II. What happened? It was right about World War II. We we and and I don't the the sociological aspect of it and 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 kind of the cultural trends and things that happen. I don't think I can articulate probably very well. I don't think I know that enough to intelligently speak to it. But I do know that in the early 1940s we shifted and we created this term called teenager. That wasn't a term until 1944 at all. It was just you were a young man and you were taking on the responsibilities for kids. Of Right. And then at the end of kids, you had young, young parent or like young adults. You were young adult. Yeah. You're a young man a, or young There woman. was a rite of passage usually that happened. That was something in the familial, um, you know, uh, lineage. There was something that your family did to celebrate, but you also had a correlating level up in responsibility that came with that. So you had 
prior to this, you had 12 year olds that were commandeering ships and leading men into war. You had 13 year olds and 14 year olds that were living as surveyors for a week on their own out in the woods, right? And taking on dangerous positions. Our DNA has not changed. Our expectations have changed. So we dumbed them down. We said, no, you're a teenager now. We gave them an excuse to be a jackass. And that's basically what we've done is saying, oh, this is, this is a term where we're just going to perpetuate childhood a little bit. We made sure everybody was in a, a conveyor belt school program at that time. We talk about school. Conveyor belt school not building young men. Not building young men. Intentionally going the other way. Intentionally castrating them early and often we for you know the schools that we're building now where the young heroes are taking on responsibility people are like oh that's new no, no that's not. the way it's always yeah. been we've just messed we've, it up for the past we've messed years. it up for the last 150 years and you don't know anybody that's over 150 years old so you don't know anybody that ever saw it any different this is the way it's always been they take on responsibility early and often and it's just the expectation all we're doing mistakes. is bringing that back of course they're going to make mistakes and it's fine that's right they fail forward right they make mistakes they fail forward they figure it out they go back they regroup and then they move forward again right and it's the consistent thing parents work parents have to be consistent again now we got to be consistent they don't doesn't pick up his legos and doesn't cool you got to come back and ah, but he just no he's got to come back and he's got to do it every single time yes it's inconvenient for a little bit but then he freaking gets yeah. it just like every single time he does something that is uh, what a good man will do you consistently acknowledge that too. You know, I was talking to somebody on a, on a podcast a few weeks ago and I was telling him my son, we went outside and we were taking care of some of the, uh, some of the chores on the farm and we got, you know, morning chores, evening chores. And then sometimes there's stuff during the day and we're going out there and, and, um, we're going around the back of the, the ranch to where the chickens are. And we have to go through this garden area and he started to walk through and he stopped and he goes, whoops. And he opens up the gate and he says, ladies first. All right. And he has his mom go through and he has his two sisters go through. I made sure I grabbed him. I'm like, hey, the reason you just did that is because that's what good men do, and you are a good man. Huh. I want you to remember that. Every freaking time, reinforce. I'm going to give him, I'm going to reinforce that, and then I'm going to calmly correct when he does something wrong and he chooses not to take on the responsibility that he knows he should, I'm going to calmly correct that every single time mm. until it just becomes the habit. Do you think this kind of parallels in line with just modern society in general and how much easier things have gotten. Yeah. You know, just the, the responsibility of getting food, getting water, providing clothing, shelter, all the things that, that people have kind of had to do has gotten easier. Way so easier. as a result, like the kids are taking on less responsibility. It's like the old joke, but I used to hear my grandparents and great grandparents talk about walking uphill both ways yeah. in the yeah. snow, you know, to school. Dude. But they did, like they walked for miles. I need food. Just to get to their right? elementary no, I need school. food. And now, ordered. yeah, you just I need hit new a clothes. Button. Ordered. I need and, a girlfriend. And everything's Swipe. easy. Yeah, everything's easy. So you Delivered. have to be more intentional yeah. about setting that responsibility and mm -hmm. creating um, things for them to do. Correct. You know, the, in the military, we say complacency kills. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you're in country for a, f a few months, and then you know, I'm not going to change my batteries tonight. You know, I'm 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 not going to mm -hmm. confirm the zero, even though there was even though there was a significant temperature change. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to go and uh, make sure all the tire pressure for my Humvees are good for the day. I didn't like you know, insert any one small thing. That habit, that good discipline, that moment of responsibility, that complacency will get you killed. Mm -hmm. And then here we are in the most comfortable, entitled period mm -hmm. of our species mm -hmm. history, and the byproduct of these creature these becoming creatures of comfort is that we have become complacent. Yeah. We have set down the sword. Our hands have gotten soft. And worst of all, 
our souls have gotten weak. Mm. We've forgot what it looks like to make the right hard decision. Mm. You know, it's so easy to, to do the easy thing. Like, is it worth it to pursue a girl and to swoon yes. her and romantically, you know, like win her over right. and I have mean, to do it like this Yeah, and have the mm -hmm. conversation, not slide. Into Am I a good person? Yeah. Right? Slide into her DMs God. or swipe. Yeah. You know, like, it's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad for the soul. It's so bad for the potential of what that relationship, that beautiful relationship could be. Yeah. And it's so disrespectful to her. Yeah. And it's so damaging to you. Yes. Was that uh, birds born in a cage think flying is an illness, right? I don't remember who said that. I wish I could give credit, but mm. you know, you take any kind of zoo animal, if they're born into captivity, you know, and they, they are living out an existence for 12, 13, 15 years there, they're not going to release that animal back in the wild. Why? It's going to die. Yeah. It's always been fed. It doesn't know what to do, right? It's in deep shit. It's going to go out there and it's going to die. When well, we're bringing our kid, we're raising our kids in captivity, metaphorically speaking. Zoo lions. Yeah. It's, and that's it. Yeah. And so they, and it looks very different than a free animal. You know, it's a, um, it, it's handicapped. I wish there was a, a easy, a easy button, mm -hmm. you know, like that zoo lion released into the wild is murdered by the first pack of hyenas he finds yep. the pack of hyenas that would usually run yep. in fear yep. the moment that even they smelled or sensed that lion mm -hmm. being present. So how does that zoo lion become a lion? And it is not fast. And no, it is process. not easy. It's a, and it is a process. It's a process it of is a learning. Painful and he's process. only going to learn it from other lions. He's not going to learn yep. it from some, some freaking zebras. He's going to learn it from other lions. Yeah. 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 It is a process. And that's what we're doing. I mean, that's what Apogee Strong is. It's yeah. a process. That's why it's 12 months because it's a process. Yeah. But Matt, can I, can I have, um, can I just do like a three month version of. God, dude. And then we get that. Yeah. We get that. I'll take, can we just, you know, can, no. we, can we shorten that? No, you cannot. I can't. I can't give you habits. You yeah. In three yep. months a at all. I can't show you discipline. Yep. Like I can give you inspiration, yeah. but you're going to be inspired for three months. Right. Like that's the honeymoon period. And it's that's over. right. That's right. You know, and s same with relationships. Like sure. You can be faithful for six months, right? right? You can look at her and be like, man, she's a good looking girl. That's right. I'm talking three years later. That's right. Are you still disciplined with intentionality to show her the respect that she deserves Bingo. and the love and the care and the grace and the compassion, and the patience that she deserves? That is what, that is why we need time. Bingo. And that is why you have this roadmap. That is why we have these mentors. Mm -hmm. And that is this broken, fractured, it's it's never too late to heal, but it's not going to be a pill. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be quick. Yep. It's not going to be easy. You might get mad at us. Yep. You might get mad at your mentor. For sure. You might get mad at, at your team. Yep. You might get mad at the mission, and I don't care. Yep. Bingo. Welcome to the process. Bingo. And every single young man that has gone through and completed the 12 months has gone through those cycles where they're like, ah, this one scares the crap out of me. This one right here. And it's different for each one of them, depending on who the young guy is. But it's like this, this challenge right here scares me. This mentor right here pissed me off. This, this project right here, like I don't like that. Ah, this book right here, it made me uncomfortable, right? They go through that. But every single one of them, they come out of that. If they stay consistent at the end of that 12 months, they're like, let's go. And we invite them to stay at that point. They're, they're not. There's no charge there. They stay in perpetuity and they just right. take on more responsibility. They're leading other young men within the structure of that. And, and these guys are like, how can I just, I want to work with you guys for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know? So we're, as we're diving hard into young men, um, the young men are, you, you said it, I've, I've quoted you a hundred times on it. I'm not sure if you're the, or the origin of the, of the statement, but good men raise good men. Mm. And um, 
young men being self-aware and being like, hey, I need something in my life. A mom yep. being like, I don't have this person in my life. Yes. Um, or the dad mm -hmm. that is like, uh, Chantry, co-host for About Violence. One of the greatest humans on the planet and an amazing father that had no father figure for him to gauge success or failure off of. Yeah. He and I talking, you know, like when his kids were little, like what does success look like? He really didn't know. And yeah. He felt like he was treading water in white rapids and he had no idea what was the right decision. Mm -hmm. And um, like, you don't have to do that alone. Mm -hmm. You know, there are lots of great fathers out there that are strong, passionate men about these ideas that are part of this community. Yep. So in addition to Young Men Mentorship, right. we are launching in January the the father roadmap. Yes, sir. Yeah. I was so freaking pumped, man. So pumped. I'm pumped. So yeah, so pumped. I mean, we are, so we're taking a very similar structure and we've got dads from uh, from all over the world already who have sent in applications and again, they're going to take 12 months and they're going to dive in. What does it mean to act like, what does being a good father actually look like? And we're going to give tangible projects, challenges, readings, bring in mentors who are just ninjas in that field of parenting. And we're going to say, look, we're going to assign point value to actual things. We're going to let them compete for actually like how good of a dad can you be kind of deal. Yeah. We're going to do the same thing for, for marriage and for relationships. We're going to do the same thing for, you know, their fitness level. We're going to do the same thing for the entrepreneurial aspect uh, of that and make it more like, how do you level up to lead by example? When, when do kids start learning and seeing and understanding what their parent is? I know that, that sounds kind of abstract and, mm. and kind of ambiguous, mm. but comes out of the womb. Mm -hmm. From that moment until when is a child learning who their parent is, their character, their work ethic, how they respond under stress, all of those things. How early? Yeah. You're getting that. Um, you're getting downloads of that immediately. Immediately. Now, do you understand all of it right away? Of course not. It's imprinting, right? But it's imprinting. You're feeling it. They can't. You may are not be able to say affected a, by it. They may not be able to say a single word, right? But I promise they understand when you made a good decision, a bad decision. You bet. You, yeah. You bet. And they can't necessarily articulate it. They can't articulate why. And and if they're intentional about thinking about it later, they can look. I can look back now as a 43 year old man and understand. Okay, my father was battling his own demons. I can look back on that and go, okay, cool, man. I've got no, like, he had this, he had this, he had this. This is how he was handling it. This had to be his mind. I can get that, man. That's great. When I was a young kid, I just went, something's not right, and I don't know what it is, and it scares the shit out of me, yeah. but I don't like it, and that's yeah. all I had, right? Um, it's immediate. Immediate. So when, when do we start as men shaping our children, and when do we start acting out in the right ways for them by osmosis to mm -hmm. see what does it look like to That's be a right. good person? Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. That's right. Because more is caught than taught, right? Whoever said that. It's immediate. Yeah. It's immediate. So that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, as these guys are, are having to make immediate changes and having to make long-term commitments and commitments to the family first and foremost, but it starts with a commitment to themselves to level up in that way uh, and a commitment to hold the other, other men accountable for it as well. Accountability. Accountability matters. Mm, accountability hard. matters. And all accountability ultimately ends up being self-accountability, right? At the end of the day, it ends up being that. But we want to put that. I have all the all the, the men that have applied so far. Like we have um, their wife's information too, right? I've got a wife's contact because 
accountability too. We wouldn't be able to check in with her and go, how is this? We made sure we got permission, but how's he doing? How's this look? These guys are going to be in squads accountable to each other. Squads are going to compete against each other. So there's accountability built in. There's points built in. There's po- any potential way so that all the excuses are off of the freaking yeah. table. At the end of the day, do. Shit. It is a frightening thing when there's true transparency and vulnerability. Yes, and sir. Back to masculinity. Yes, sir. I think, I don't mm. know what, at what point it happened when we're yeah. like, it's this fake bravado. Yeah. Right? It's yep. this like tough guy, alpha yep. male bullshit. Yep. yep. And a true man when i think back to the greatest generation you know like my 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 grandpa Mm. and you know fought in world war ii and my uncles uh, my dad's whole generation that were in vietnam you know and and you know coming home and and having these demons from from the war but they were so i had so many models i had so many beautiful masculine men Mm. to gauge on what it looked like you know successful lawyers and entrepreneurs and uh you know like obviously war heroes Mm. and looking at them and Watching them interact, you know, one uncle talking to my dad, you know, my dad comes back and he had a, a, a rough night, you know, he's an undercover, undercover police officer mm-hmm. and a uh, pit bull runs out and he had to, and you know, pit bull's about to attack one of his partners. He shoots this, you know, and, and my uncle starts talking about this as they're approaching this village in Vietnam. You're just like, but they're exposed. Mm-hmm. They're being vulnerable to yeah. each other. And the, yeah. you know, my dad's a six foot three yeah. narc that was stealing cocaine from Pablo Escobar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the most manly yeah. man on the planet. Yeah. You know, and he's wearing his, and he's in the courtroom with the blue suit, the white shirt, and the power tie. Mm. You know, and, and my uncle, this this brilliant lawyer that came back from Vietnam after saving his brother from going into a combat infantry unit in Vietnam. Like just freaking heroes, right? Yeah. And I'm watching him be vulnerable. Mm. Like I can't compute. Right, I'm a 13 year old, testosterone pumping, and I'm like, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what this is. Yeah, but this is weird. Yep. And this, and that's what it is supposed to. Look that's like. exactly yeah. what it's supposed to look like. That's exactly what it's supposed to look like. Ah, yeah. Watch. I mean, watching, watching yesterday, right, with the kids. You know, getting home and and rolling around and right. and wrestling and hanging out and watching. You know, gentleman was out there yesterday and he's got his kid in his lap and just kind of rocking. I mean, that is, that is it. And having real conversations open up and freaking what I'm talking about, my two-year-old teaching me a lesson when I was a kid. Like, dude, I feel that, you know, and we got to be able to have those conversations. We got to act in that way. Um, but we're told to put that to the shelf. It's kind of that emotion, you know, talking about compartmentalizing the emotion in a dangerous situation is one thing, but it's, it's in another way. We got to let that out. Yeah, in your personal life, you got to have a little more balance. I think it is hard when you're when you're working in some of these environments as an adult, where you have to kind of compartmentalize or you know not show emotion or not deal with certain things at that time to kind of turn that off when you're at home. Mm -hmm. You know, dealing with your family, dealing with your kids. So that's probably a struggle, and why you see that. You know, yeah, yeah, it is. It's hard. It is hard to do that. We've been taught compartmentalization is bad, but it's actually a necessary. No, it's actually absolutely. a necessary component, right? It's compartmentalizing and knowing when to, re- you know, when to when to let it's released out. healthily. So man. As yeah. long as it's released in the right way. Yep. Yep. And I mean, obviously, I love fitness. Yep. Um, I love martial arts. Uh, I love shooting. I love yep. hunting. Um, I love riding motorcycles with my son. I love um, having romantic, intimate yep. dates or encounters with my wife. Yep. Those are all great ways to deal with things that you have to pack away. Like my yeah. kids don't need to know what I had to do in Ukraine or yeah. what I, what I saw in Afghanistan. Yeah. Right? But I come back and I can't bottle all that up. Yeah. Right. Like I still have to have friends that I can sit here yes. and like talk to and be like, man, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, and 
That is what masculine looks like. Yep. That is, I can go over and I can do the damned hardest thing and be lethal and, you know, ha have to put myself, you know, like everything, every day that he goes to work, every day Chantry goes to work, you know, like protecting and serving their communities, mm -hmm. being true selfless servants. But the things that they see there, they, they're just going to come home and throw it in front of yeah. young men. That's right. You know? That's right. Yeah. Um, but then yep. he could come here and do it with me, right? Yep. He can, he can go and, and, and that's where the community part that's comes the power, in. Exactly. The power of community. Yep. Like you were talking about earlier. Yep, being intentional about who's in your corner, in all those arenas. Mm. Mm. I uh, I argued that had every single one of those young men that went and hurt people, had they spent, if they went through the Apogee program, mm -hmm. if they went hunting with any of us, yep. if they were on the mats with Chantry, if they were on the um, jujitsu mats with, did you see a uh, Chantry son do his first wrestling tournament this weekend? No, that was awesome. Um, you know, if they're on the jujitsu mat, jujitsu mats with, with Joiner here, if like any one of those moments could have saved that young man, you could have saved his life and everyone else's lives that he then went on to hurt, and that could have been anyone in their communities at any point, just doing something. Yep, yep, it's it. Just doing something. There has to be signs, you know. Yeah, you have to see it. You have to be signs. And, you have to and care. Everyone to look for them. Everyone's of course caught up in their lane, you know dealing with what they have but you got to keep an eye out nobody's for busier it. than us right yeah. uh, <laughs> like right come on now that's right and if we have time to like look for opportunities like how many times have you watch me walk out onto those oh, mats yeah. that's right. and talk to a dad yep. or talk to a mom yep. or grab a kid off the mat and be like hey what's going on you know you gotta care you have to or pick up your phone again and uh, be the little piece of shit and waste every moment that you have in your day swipe in whatever direction on whatever app that you're on or or just hear me out go and do something yes yeah and, and yeah and and i love that you gave all the you know yeah they could be on them getting on the mats going out hunting whatever that it, it doesn't have to be you know you don't okay we got to get every young man tomorrow it would be great i think every young man should do martial arts i think that's a I, but it doesn't have there's to be that things, there's right. other things too right and do you know go go baseball go do um you know go ballet we were talking about brishnikov yeah. earlier right go do dude have a purpose have something that you are going after. Again, that's the DNA of this young man. Like they want to slay the dragon. They want to rescue the princess. They want, they want adventure. They want a purpose. Yeah. Even back when it was there was nothing going on, we were all on these family farms. There was purpose every single day. And that's part of the reason we moved to the ranch we did. Every day. We've got animals that need to be fed. We've got animals that need to be slaughtered. We've got animals that need to be packaged. We've got animals that need to be brought to restaurants. We've got crops. We've got tractors that need to be, we've got fences that need to be fixed. We've got trees that need to be sawed. We've got, like, we have things to do. My, there's never a shortage of purpose and something to take care of that day. Yeah. Have a purpose. Have a purpose. So Apogee Strong. Yes, sir. Where do they, where do they, where do they find Strong. you? So ApogeeStrong.com for, for the young men. If they're interested in the Apogee Strong Dads program, we are asking them to apply first. So we'll make sure you guys have the, uh, make sure we have the link um, that's in here so they can go in the application because here's the deal. I don't necessarily want um, somebody that's coming in going, look, I'm completely broken. Fix me, fix me, fix me. And I want somebody coming in going, no, I've got it all figured out and I'm going to help the group because the reality is we're all in the middle. We got something to offer and we need work. Yeah. Right. So um, we got a little bit of an application process. Um, so we'll put the link in for, uh, for that as well. And then I'm just, I'm on Instagram. You're on uh, all the things. I'm on all the things, but yeah. most, mostly Instagram. You Twitter? Just, just at my name. Uh, a little bit, but okay. mostly to 
post stuff and then I'll yank it off and put it on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, so, so yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, man, this was a, this was a, this went way better than I thought. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, we're on the violence podcast and we're talking about broken, fractured young men. Uh, so I'm, I'm thankful for both of you guys. I'm thank you, thankful and grateful for how committed you are to, um, where your hearts are. You're both amazing men that I, I aspire to, um, to be like Likewise, in so brother. many ways. Honored to be here. Likewise. Honestly, appreciate it. All right. Stay safe. Stay free. This was the About Violence podcast. Make sure you leave your comments. If you have any questions, drop them in there. Share this. Tell people like this. This is a divisive issue. Cool. Send it to everyone. Make them watch it. Make them talk about it. Make them argue with you about it. Like this course is it's never too late to talk and it's never too late to start. So uh, have an amazing day. Stay free.